Hello, and welcome to the Enlightened Awakening Podcast. A place of honest and authentic conversations. I'm your host, Timmy. And I'm Muriel. And today we wanted to dive in and have a conversation about the idea of vision, the impact that developing one in your life can have, and some of the practical steps that we can take today to either clarify the vision that we have for our lives or to begin developing one if we've never done that work before. So, Uriel, I want to start by asking you, why do you think it's important to take the time to develop a vision for your life? I think that's a great question. And I think this is something that everyone needs to engage in because a vision doesn't have to be fixed. But I think it's important, just like everything in life, to have an idea of what it is that you want to do with your life. But more importantly and deeper than that is to define the type of person that you want to be, therefore identifying a vision of who you are as a person or who you'd like to work towards being. And in a world where everybody chooses to wear the same clothes and to copy the ongoing trends, we have a lack of authenticity that is demonstrated in society in general. And I think that that lack of authenticity leads to a lack of purpose and a lack of fulfillment. And so when I think of developing a personal vision, the benefits that I always see in my life is the amount of motivation, discipline, and focus that I experience through staying true to where it is that I want to be in my life. And it makes it certainly a lot easier to stay away from the vices that have been preventing myself from reaching self-actualization. Beautifully said, man. And a couple of things that you mentioned reminded me of something that you've brought up a couple of times, which is this idea that he who has a why can overcome any how. The reason that I'm such a huge fan of that idea is that when we have a vision that we're pursuing, when we have developed a sense of direction of where we're trying to go and why we're trying to get there, then the hardships of life, the sacrifices that we have to go through, the things that just happen when we're living life, it's easier to move past those things, to see them as learning opportunities, to see them as obstacles that will allow us to become more of who we're meant to be when we have a strong sense of vision. I think the other piece of this that is equally important when it comes to vision is how it allows us to be able to streamline the development of our values and can guide us in developing a healthy identity that is congruent. You touched on authenticity just now, and I really appreciate you bringing that up because I think it's the most important piece that we can bring into this conversation of vision. A lot of people, and I went through this in a period on in my life as well, where I was pursuing things because of what other people had said to me or because of the values of others or what was important to other people in my life. And it wasn't until I started pursuing things that were in full alignment with who I wanted to be, what I believed to be right for myself and the vision that I had for my life that things started to change in a positive way for me. 
I think there's just so much value that can be added to one's life when they have a clear vision for what it is that they're pursuing, why they're pursuing it, and the impact that they're hoping to have. And that uniformity in action and in vision, I think it's all predicated on uniformity of thought. And I think that where that comes into is something that you had also mentioned, which is defining what the life that you want to live looks like. I think that a lot of people, when they get into this idea, they start by listing off the career that they want to pursue or achievements that they want to have. And I think that that's all well and good, but I think that it goes beyond that. When you hear this question of what does the life that you want to live look like? What comes to mind for you? There's a lot of things that came to mind. And I think for a large part of my life, I, just like yourself, as you stated, was kind of stuck doing what other people thought was good for me. And internally, I knew subconsciously as well that I just wasn't in the right places or I wasn't chasing the life that I know I deeply desired. And that led to a ton, a ton of difficult times internally. Right. There was a lot of internal turmoil that I experienced, a lot of indecision and a lot of anger towards myself. And we talked about it last week about regret, but the anger was never aimed at anybody that attempted to help me or to provide me with advice that they felt was adequate for me. The anger was towards myself, knowing that I ignored the internal signals that were telling me I was going in the wrong path. And so when you talk about defining the life that you want to be, I think the greatest mistake that we can all make is, and at least personally, I experienced this, was trying to figure out the life that I want without knowing who it was that I wanted to be. And the reason was that for a long time, you know, I I wanted to become a, a doctor. That was all based on the push that I was getting from my own family, right? They felt I was smart enough to attain that. They felt that the skills and, and the personality that I had was adequate for that profession. And internally, I had a lot of different desires of things that I wanted to do. And I, I chased that for a long while. It got to a point where I realized that wasn't the, the, the career path that I wanted. There was a lot of things that internally just weren't okay with me. When I actually started to spend the time in defining the type of person that I wanted to become, it's funny, it became a lot more clear what life I needed to live. And that came about as a result of me reflecting on all of these feelings of anger that stemmed from a lack of action or inaction as well. By taking accountability internally and realizing that I'm not where I want to be as a result of my choices, I started to drive myself to become that person. Now I've taken full ownership and control of my life by respectfully still listening to the advice that others might have for me, but knowing that just because somebody gives you advice, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to follow it. But you can take the lessons from that advice, which is why, you know, as we're starting this episode and we're talking about it, it's so important to define that vision for yourself and the person that you want to become, because it doesn't matter what comes your way. There's nothing that's going to deter you from being the authentic self that you know you want to be. Well said, brother. I think that for me, when I think about this idea of defining the life that you want to live and getting really clear on what that looks like, 
One of the easiest questions for those who have maybe never asked themselves that question is if money was fully taken care of and you no longer had to work for a living, what is it that you would spend your time doing? And I think that it's a challenging question for a lot of people because most of us are not in that situation. We do need to go to work usually Monday to Friday, or if you work shift work on the weekends as well. And it's a tough thing to have to consider. I think the first time that I was asked that question, the first thing that came to mind for me personally was ensuring that I can spend time taking care of myself physically and mentally so I can show up as best as possible for those who are important to me in my life. I think that another piece that comes into play when we're talking about the life that you want to live is taking stock of the things that you are passionate about, the things that get you excited. Another way that I've heard this question or this idea phrased is this. If you really do love your job, wouldn't you feel like this is something that you could do without being compensated? I think that for perhaps you and I, we would still find a way to do the work that we're doing in the field of addiction and mental health, even if we weren't being paid for it, because we're deeply passionate about the work that we do. We're blessed in that regard. Not everybody would feel that way. But for myself, I know that if I no longer needed to work for an income because of either systems I had set up or I was in a situation where that just happened to be the case, I would still find a way to get involved in this work. Maybe it's not working directly where we work now, but volunteering for an organization that has a similar mission and message, or even creating a nonprofit of my own just to focus in on an area within addiction and mental health that is particularly near and dear to my heart. Another piece that I think is very relevant in this conversation is what are your non-negotiables? And by that, I mean, what are the things that you absolutely must have in this life that you're envisioning or things that you absolutely do not want in this life that you're envisioning? And while I think it's very important to define what it is that you're actively pursuing, I think it's probably more important on the front end to know exactly what it is that you are not going to engage with. For me, one of those non-negotiables came up when I was in the process of looking for a partner to marry. Before my wife and I got married, I had a very clear list of things that I wouldn't engage in when it came to courting or serious marriage consideration. And one of those things is a refusal to work things out when there's conflict. I know everybody has a slightly different style when it comes to conflict resolution. The conflict resolution style that just isn't compatible with me and who I am is the sweep it under the rug and let's just move forward. Because inevitably, when we don't deal with things proactively on the front end, it's only a matter of time before those things show up either in the same form or just in a new way. But because we haven't dealt with the root issue, it continues to come up. And so that was something that right at the front end, when my wife and I met, we had conversations around that. And because I was very clear on the things that I would not deal with or I would not engage with in that particular context, it was very easy for me then to generate more conversation around what the ideal marriage looked like for my wife and I. And I can say that that has paid off very, very well. Something else that came up in our conversation before you and I started recording is defining what success, happiness, health, and spirituality look like in your life. Why do you think that those are things that are very important to define on the front end of developing 
a vision for your life? Before I get to that question that you asked me, I just want to bring up a couple of things very quickly that you talked about. Taking care of your health and yourself. I cannot emphasize just how important it is for you to do that. It makes me extremely sad. And I saw it in myself, just how little people actually care about their overall well-being. Number two, uh, where you're talking about non-negotiables, I also see that why it's so important and, and it pertains to what we're talking about today, but being authentic to yourself and what you believe in. I also see that as like self-respect, right? And we've talked about that in the past. And a lot of us get caught up in different aspects of our lives, whether it be relationships, professional relationships, or even just the profession that we choose to, or how we handle hardship, which you talked about conflict being one of those things that were non-negotiable for you. I think it's so, so important to stay authentic to who it is that you are because you begin to attract. And again, we've talked about this in the past, you guys, but we cannot emphasize enough the importance of knowing who it is that you want and staying true to that because people will come to you. Like that's been happening in my life and, and it's happened in yours, Timmy, as well, is that when you stay so true to yourself, the people that that you don't want are, it's almost like you put on this armor and it just like, you know, they just get washed away, right? And the people that that want to be around you, that value the same things, will see that shining armor from far away and they're going to come nearby and be like, hey, I like, you know, I like this armor that you've built to protect yourself from all of the negativity. I've built myself similarly an armor and you kind of build these relationships on these values and morals. But at the end of the day, no armor will ever be the same. And so that's where authenticity really comes into play. But people that know that and hold the same values will value the effort that was put into developing that armor. I think that is a great segue to what you asked me about, like what does success look like? What does spirituality look like? And that, again, goes back to this weird metaphor I just came up with about the armor. But we all have this idea in our heads of what success looks like to us, right? And like what your armor would look like and maybe the design or what it might be suited better for you physically. I I like listening to Jordan Peterson. I know that it's a controversial person for a lot of people. But one thing that I think was super important for me was that he said, There's a lot of people out there who are trying to fix the world, but they can't even keep their own house in order. And so he always says, like, start with doing your bed every morning and go from there and start building good progress going that way. A lot of us fantasize, and I I did for a very long time in my life, to live this glamorous lifestyle like you had mentioned previously about money not being a problem or an issue for anybody. I realized very quickly when I asked myself that question that you asked of, if money wasn't an issue, what would you be doing? For a long time in my life, I didn't really know. And even very recently, I can't remember exactly the amount of episodes ago uh, ago that we recorded, but we, we talked about that. Well, like, are you living the life that you want to be living? Are you in the trajectory that you want to be in? And just very recently, I realized that I am in that place. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm actually engaging in the things that I, I've desired so deeply to do. And if income wasn't a problem, I'd be doing this. Like I'd be doing what I'm doing because I believe in it so much. To me, that's success. That's what purpose is. That's what happiness is, is engaging in the activities that you actually want to do. Now, I understand that not everybody is blessed enough to do that. And I'm sure that everybody wants, you know, the cars and, and, and the houses and this, this glamour that is being sold to us to want. But there's no, there's no true fulfillment in that. It sounds twisted, but again, something that Jordan Peterson talks about 
is about not desiring a life that's happy all the time because it is through hardships and it is through challenges that we become better and that we feel fulfilled and we feel like life has a purpose and a meaning. Because when when things get difficult and you have learned to develop this resilience within you, right? Like this armor that I just talked about earlier, you're going to be more willing to get into those battles. Is it going to be scary? Absolutely. I don't think there ever was, and maybe a few, but very, very few warriors didn't get scared before they get into a fight. I mean, if you talk to professional fighters, they say the same thing. It's always scary, but they go in there and they do it. And so having this mentality to to chase your dreams, but acknowledging the fear, acknowledging that failure could possibly occur, but knowing that you'd rather taste defeat than knowing you didn't try at all, it's like, that's what, to me, that's what success is. Once you've identified who you want to be and who you are and you stay true to that, your life just kind of opens up and you just kind of start engaging in those things that you want to do because that's who you want to be. Yeah, man, absolutely. Very, very well said. And I like the way that you define success and it reminded me of something that helped me jumpstart my defining of that for myself. Daniel Ali, who I've referenced in previous episodes, he did a TED talk entitled How to Become a Millionaire in Three Years. But one of the things that he talked about is the fact that success means different things to different people, which we touched on earlier. I really liked his definition, which is success is all about self-expression. He goes on to say it's about doing what you want to do, going where you want to go, handling things however you want to handle them, because at the end of the day, you are the boss of your own life and you have a choice. And that resonated extremely deeply with me. And since then, that's more or less the definition that I've gone with is success to me is the ability to do what I want, when I want, how I want, with whomever I want, for whatever reason I want. It's options. It's flexibility. It's liberty to be able to live life in a way that is truly authentic to myself. And so you're entirely right. This is why it is so critical to define that on the front end. Something else that I wanted to bring into today's discussion is this idea of being willing to pay the cost or to make the sacrifices that are required to obtain that success that you envision for yourself or to actually live out the definition of who it is that you want to be and the life that you're pursuing. Uh-oh. I know, right? This is this is the other piece, right? People ain't really trying to talk about this piece. And Uh-oh. I've heard <laughs> I've heard it said that somebody walked up to a successful public speaker and talked about how, wow, you're so amazing up there. I saw how everybody listened and was writing notes and adored you for all of the teaching and the value that you added. I want to do what you do. And the speaker looked back at the young man and said, you may believe that you want to do what I'm doing now, but do you want to do what I did to get to where I am so that you can then do what it is that I'm doing today? Now we're talking. Exactly. And that's where the rubber meets the road because it's, we've all heard it said with this iceberg analogy, right? That we see the top of, of whatever else is beneath. We see the talent, we see the accolades, we see the financial success. But nobody wants to talk about everything that went into allowing that peak to break the surface, all the sleepless nights, the repetition, the mastery that had to go into it, the discipline, the perseverance, the heartbreak, all of the things that led to us being able to 
achieve that miraculous result. Nobody wants to talk about that piece. Nobody wants to talk about all the trade-offs that were required. I've heard it also said that there is a difference between trade-offs and sacrifices. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Some people believe that sacrifices are when we trade something of higher value for something of lower value. And so an example for some people could be the idea of trading time for money, having to go to a job so that you can actually pay your bills. Most people would agree that time is much more valuable than money because once you run out of time, that's the end. But you can always make more money. Some people, and I would say I subscribe to this ideology as well, that having to trade your time for money is a sacrifice. Whereas a trade-off is when you trade something of lower value for something of higher value. So for example, the spare time that we sometimes spend frivolously, that we spend time indulging in distractions, trading that time to pursue something of significance, to educate yourself, to grow yourself, to engage in activities that will allow you to have a clearer vision for what it is you want to do with your life, who you want to be, and the impact that you're looking to have while you're on this earth. And I think that it's important to keep those things in consideration because anytime that we get excited that we're like, okay, I've got this vision in my heart. I feel that this is in alignment with who I am. I'm starting to develop an understanding of the life that I want to live. That's all fun and exciting. But where we really need to get real is what is it actually going to cost to make this happen? Is this a price that I'm willing to pay? And if so, when am I willing to start paying the cost? If we don't make a commitment to say, today, I am going to begin paying that cost. And yes, I am willing to pay it for as long as it is necessary in order to bring this vision to life, then we ain't going to make it. And that's just the reality of it. I just want to touch on the very last thing that you brought up, though, in regards to like sacrifices versus trade-offs, I think is what you said, and the value of that. Let me put something very clearly that people, I think, just like maybe don't understand because I didn't understand this for, for a very long time, really until the last few months, to be truthfully honest with you. Who cares what anybody else thinks the value of certain things are? What matters is what you think. And I want to make that very clear. Yeah, there are sacrifices because you have to cut things out of your life, but you're cutting it out because you know you're going to get something of greater value. This kind of is a bit of a segue to once you've defined who it is that you want to be, and you know that, and you're certain of it, and you know you're certain of it because you're not going to budge. It's like these non-negotiables that you talked about with yourself. You've got to sit yourself down and be like, yeah, this is what's up. This is who I'm going to be. And I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care if anybody disagrees. And a lot of people might think, oh, that might be narcissistic. No, it's not. I'm saying prioritize yourself. Prioritize what it is that you want in your life. We all know that some of the things that we desire in life, if they're good or bad, I think we have, we have that indicated within us. And if you know what's good for you and it's not harming anybody else around you, do it. But it has to align with that vision that you want and see for yourself because you're not going to budge on that once you've found that. And boy, does that open up the world incredibly to the type of life that you want to live and what success looks like to you. And then you start defining what spirituality looks like to you, what type of profession, how you want to be spending your time. And, and it almost feels like, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with people about like, oh, there's not enough time of the day for like, for me to work and do all my activities. But somehow time just becomes available to do these things that you want. It makes life so much more powerful and like 
in, in many ways, it gives you so much to live for, which is what we want people to, to feel, to be excited about going to bed and knowing you have to get that rest, but to wake up and get out of bed, right? And like hit the ground running. And it's because of that desire that you have to live out your purpose. But it's funny because, you know, when they say find your purpose, live out your purpose, it's what you want. So just go out and get it. Amen to that, man. I believe that most of us have a good idea of what it is that is deeply important to us. And for one reason or another, we hesitate to pursue that. I think one of the biggest obstacles that we run into is the thoughts and opinions and expectations of others. And that's why I wanted to wrap up today's conversation by just touching on the importance of surrounding ourselves with people who are going to help us get to that next level and those who are on a similar journey. I really liked what you talked about, Uriel, earlier in terms of somebody identifying the shininess of that armor that you've taken the time to develop yourself and to say, hey, you know what? I'm actually building something similar or I have built something similar. And then to join forces, to move in the direction of each of us living out our vision or wanting to become the greatest version of ourselves, I think it's extremely powerful. When we have two people or more who are agreeing in terms of what it is that they each want, it becomes a situation where the sum is greater than the whole of the parts. And this is why surrounding yourself with the right type of people is absolutely critical. And so how do you do that? Well, number one, it starts with going through the previous three things that we talked about. You're not going to be able to attract the sort of person that is going to help you on that type of journey if you yourself are not that type of person. So we got to be first and foremost honest with ourselves because like attracts like. And this is why people who are perpetually finding themselves in bad relationships and they're trying Tinder, they're trying Hinge, they're trying Bumble, they're trying to meet people online, but they keep finding the same type of people. That's usually where the issue is, is that we haven't taken the time to look within to see who we are so that we can then attract the sort of person that we desire. Surrounding ourselves with individuals who are going to help us stay accountable, who are on a similar journey, but better yet, Surrounding yourself with people who have already achieved the sort of life that you believe you want for yourself, I think is also critical because of course you can never tell exactly what's going on in somebody's life, but we can see the fruits of their labor. And I think it's really important to analyze that and to then choose our circle accordingly. I like that you defined all of those things. And I, I like the, the way you came around it, because what I was going to say is when there's two people that are being unauthentic, they're always competing with each other. But when you put two people that are authentically themselves, they're not worried about what the other person is doing. They're worried about what they're doing. Like, for example, between you and I, right? I see Timmy. He's really good at this. I would love to improve on these things. These are some of the things that I see Timmy does really well. And to see like what areas I need to improve on on a personal level. And then you start to develop that. And, and it, it no longer is, I'm trying to be better than everyone else. It's I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. And so when you always put two authentic person uh, people with each other, that's why they attract each other because they're not trying to one-up each other. They're just trying to learn and get inspiration on things that they can be doing better. You said it so well in your and I's dynamic and relationship and partnership, we've been able to establish that and leverage that to its maximum capacity. Anytime that something of significance has been achieved in this world, 
it is never the result of a single person's effort. One is too small of a number to achieve greatness. And greatness is something that only comes about as a result of multiple people striving to be their best selves and pursuing a common vision. And that's why collaboration is so important. But in order to achieve that, we each need to do that work to develop those visions for our lives on a personal and individual level so that when we do meet somebody who is of that caliber, it's a cohesive, collaborative, synergistic dynamic that results that can then ultimately produce incredible results for everybody who's involved. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We greatly appreciate the continued support as always. And stay tuned next week, same time, same place. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts because we out here on every single platform. Thank you.